0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, friends. Great to be with you all again. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to once again be able to gather together and uh, to, Lord, open your word and be able to read and study the scriptures. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story told of two friends who grew up. They were inseparable. And when World War I came about, they enlisted. They had uh, gone through boot camp together. They'd gone to all the same infantry schools. They uh, had spent so much time and literally fought side by side, battle after battle after battle. In one instance, though, however, in a daring attack, one of the men was critically wounded, and he was caught in a crossfire to go outside into no man's land would raise certain death. But his best friend, who they'd spent years together forging a bond and a relationship, could not abandon his best friend. And as he was about to go over to the trench and to grab his friend, the sergeant grabs him and he says, What are you doing? It's suicide. And the officer, he looks back and he says, It's my best friend out there. You will die. As soon as the sergeant turned around, the officer hops over the wall. And he risks his life going to his friend. And as he got to his friend, he was struck. He grabbed his friend, he dragged him, he pulled him. He he did everything that he could to bring him to the trench. Finally, he was able to lift him up. And he staggered back into the trenches, mortally wounded. The sergeant at the time said, it's too late. There's no good. He's dead already. And look look at yourself. You're dying. It wasn't worth it. The officer, however, turns to the sergeant. He looks at the sergeant and he says, this is my best friend. And even in his almost last breath, the dying man replied, yes, it was, Sarge. When I got to him, the only thing that he said was, I knew you'd come, Jim. One of the true marks, (coughs) excuse me, one of the true marks of a friend is that They are there when there is every reason for them not to be. When to be there is sacrificially costly. Friendship. Something that is very near and dear to many of us. Without friends, we would be lonely. And God especially as well. I think God designed us not to even live alone, but to be in community. When you look at um, the book of Genesis, He created not just one person, but two people, that he could have community. And as well, especially at the end of Revelation, at the end of the Bible, where God is surrounded with God's people, there is this idea that there is community and friendships and friends, but especially friendships being a tenant to the faith. Today we're going to look at a story, uh, an unexpected hero by the name of Jonathan. Now, who is Jonathan? Well, I believe he was the oldest son of King Saul at the time, the first King for all of Israel. He was also the father of Mephibosheth, who eventually we're going to learn about in a series when we get to the books of Samuel. Um, But it doesn't say who his wife was or Mephibosheth's mother, but we know that he was uh, father to Mephibosheth. And as well, he was a valiant soldier, a warrior. He successfully led his men into battle against the Philistines at Geba and Michmash. And as well, he was David's uh, best friend and confidant. Now, in chapter uh, 16 of 1 Samuel, we find that David is anointed as king. God realized that Saul, of course, uh, was not the king, and in fact, he was wavering, and he was unable to leave Israel. And so God called Samuel to go and anoint David. After he's anointed, in chapter 17, David then goes and he defeats the Philistine, the giant Goliath. And Saul welcomes into his household because, hey, man, he just defeated Goliath. And if he didn't personally think so, public opinion was growing that David was going to be this huge, great warrior. So he brings him into the fold. And as he brings him to the fold, Jonathan recognizes uh, David's valor and valiant uh, efforts to be able to go against uh, the enemies. And so he befriends, and they become dear friends. Now... In chapter 18, especially Saul then realizes that he, as he sends da- uh, David out, David gets stronger and stronger. Not only in terms of uh, uh, his his ability to go and lead, but as well public opinion, and perception is gaining for David to be the leader. And what happens, especially you know when, when you have um, a uh, a paranoid leader, one who's not confident, what happens? They start to get scared. And they try to make sure that they can hold on to their power as long as possible. So he sends him to the, the hardest battles, hoping that maybe, just maybe, he'll die. But time after time, David is building this reputation. And it's ultimately God's plan to be able to plant David as the king. And so much so, finally, that King David is upset. He wants to kill Uh, Sorry, King Saul, he wants to kill David. Now, in 1 Samuel 19, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I will speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what has he done? What he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all of Israel, and you saw it and you were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? So Saul, he listened to Jonathan and took his oath. And as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. So, David, he intercedes, he vouches, sorry, Jonathan, he intercedes, and he vouches, and everything kind of goes back to normal for a while. But eventually, as Saul becomes uh, more. Uh, more paranoid he realizes that david is a huge threat to his kingdom and imagine jonathan he's he's in this this middle ground where his best friend uh is basically an arch enemy of his own father there's this dichotomy of being the son to the king and yet also protecting his friend who's been anointed by samuel by god to be king Perhaps early on as well, Jonathan realized that David would eventually become king. Now, Rick points out three things here that we can take from this. Now, number one, when it comes to friendship, a friend, number one, is somebody who hears as well. Jonathan heard what his father wanted to do to David. He knew that his best friend was in the crosshairs of his own dad and yet so he wanted to do something about it it takes a lot of courage i'm sure as well because saul himself was so uh his mental state was such that uh even uh uh he called for a fast and, and jonathan didn't even hear about the fast and yet he ate some some honey and and uh there was something i guess uh, i can't remember exactly but i i think they were going into war but um God didn't bless, and so all of a sudden, you know, Saul's like, "Hey, what's happening?" And when they find out that Jonathan had eaten during a nationally called fast, he actually really wanted to even just kill his own son, Jonathan. But all of the king's men say, hey, 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 "Hey, ease up! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves." Interestingly enough, as well, as Jonathan listened, as well. Don't forget as well that our God is a good God who hears our prayers. The Holy Spirit as well is always ready to stand by, near, and hear our prayers and advocate for us. And much like any relationship, any friendship, it requires communication. But especially, as I've said before, to hear, not just speak, but listen. As well, a friend is one who tells. So Jonathan, he warns David. This is the second thing. But he also made a plan, and much like as Jonathan, Holy Spirit as well intercedes, he speaks to us. Okay, The Holy Spirit can convict us in our heart, in our mind, or maybe through a friend, or through a book, whatever it may be. Holy Spirit is active. Finally, a third thing, third point is, a friend as well, who intercedes. Jonathan, again, he risks his own life, and he tries to intercede for his best friend, okay? All the while trying to balance uh, being respectful to his his father. I'm reminded as well um, in, in Romans, who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus? Is he who died? Yes, rather than who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. What a blessing that. God as well as our, our judge, but also our advocate. There's a lot of things that we, we can learn from. In fact, um, there's this quote that I found this week. It says, true friendship is not about being there when it's convenient. It's about being there when it's not. In life, there's going to be challenges that you're going to be facing. And as well, it's important as well that you're surrounded by people who can listen and, and be able to help process Be able to share your struggles, your joys, the blessings, and also the hardships. It's important that we're there for one another. True friendships, true friends are there in the good times, but also in the hard times. Now we find later in chapter 23, verses 15 and 18, it says, While David was at Horesh in the in the desert of he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And this is after repeated attempts. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. So as it, it says here, he, to help find strength in God, Jonathan went there to be able to be of support to David. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel. And I will be second to you. Imagine that. He was in line to be king. But he realizes, no, God has called David to be the king. And guess what? I will back you up. I will support you. True friendship is, real, uh, is when you're able to see your friends succeed and be able to support them and rejoice. It takes true humility as well to be a great friend. Now, as it says, even my father knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. And so, Jonathan, he's a faithful friend, he's supportive, and and he's willing to back his friend up. Jonathan recognizes that David is the true king. So friendship. Friendships as well. There are many benefits that we can take with friendship. you know, it's interesting, you look around, you find that we make friends based especially too on our interests, you know, maybe you have a, a group, uh, maybe your gym group, uh, your cycling group, your cooking group, um, your uh, your knitting group, uh, all these different types of groups. We're all called again to be in community, and to be community requires friendships. And yet, yeah, as well, through friendship, we're also there. Again, through all of life's challenges. One of the things about true friendships, though, is that we're also honest with each other. Sometimes that's also not the easiest thing. But yet, true friendship is being honest with one another. And as well, one of the things that I especially have learned is that if you want to build group cohesion, have that friendship or that group be tested through adversity. Adversity can make or break a relationship, a group dynamic. The fastest way to learn and grow in a relationship as well is to make them go through something especially that is uncomfortable. So families, friends, how do you respond in adversity? Do you come together? Do you bond? Do you share uh, your concerns, your gripes and work together and know that we're in this together? Or do we go the other route? When, when adversity and perplexity comes in, we turn on each other. Again, true friendship, true relationships call for humility, for flexibility, to be honest, but as well to be there in the good times and in the challenging times. Now, Walker Percy also writes, we love those who know the worst of us and don't turn their faces away. True friendship also requires that of being transparent. When we are, when we reveal who we truly are, that we, despite our best attempts to create this positive image, we realize that, look, we're all sinners, we all make mistakes, we're all accountable, we need to be accountable to one another. So what can we learn from Jonathan? Number one, we need to have the courage to stand up for what is right as comfortable as that may be, Jonathan, he walked this fine line of wanting to be respectful to his dad. But yet as well, he realizes, man, I've got to protect this guy because there's nothing that he's done wrong. David, he worked as hard as he could to please and honor the king. And, and even as you read through Samuel, you realize that there were so many times that David could have actually taken Saul's life. But he doesn't. He stays true to the king. He stays and he's, he's still his humble servant. And yet, how does Saul repay him? He tries to kill him multiple times. And it's here that Jonathan is in the middle here and he has the courage and he takes steps forward to be able to be respectful but especially to look out for his best friend. And as well, we learn from Jonathan as well that he looks after his friends and his loved ones. As hard as that can sometimes be. And finally as well, he is faithful to God and to his friends and his family not an easy story as well to to reconcile at times because you know I think we I think in many times we've probably wrestled with this where uh, maybe uh, somebody important in your life doesn't even have to be a parent but somebody even you look up to you realize that they're making bad choices and and sometimes too Jonathan just had to tell a dad straight It's like dude what are you doing David has been nothing but loyal to you. So, faith, honesty, integrity, all of these things are what Jonathan exudes. And it's here that he becomes an unlikely, an unexpected hero, the son of the king, who is faithful to God, and faithful and true to not only his family, but as well, his friends. To close with, I'd like to read a quote from George Eliot. It says, Oh, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with one another, person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor measure words, but to pour them all out just as they are. Chap and grain together, knowing that a faithful hand will take and sift them. Keep what is worth keeping, and then with the breath of kindness, blow them away. I hope and pray that you will value and treasure your friendships. And as well, perhaps. Uh, where there are good friendships continue to bond and mold them. And I want to encourage you, if there's a friendship that is kind of on the rocks, pray about it. And I, I don't want to encourage you, exhort you, make a phone call and resolve and reconcile those challenges. You may have to agree to disagree. But life is so much better when we can have friends and true friends who we can be honest with and share. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you, and I pray that you have a wonderful Sabbath. God, thank you for, again, another day of life and the opportunity to be able to go and to minister, Lord. Be with us in all that we do, and especially on this Sabbath day, may we find rest. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everyone. Have a great day. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.